It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Welcome back, everybody, to Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. We've got some great video content. Our YouTube handle is at L.A. Rams Up. You can follow us on Instagram as well. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. Nearing our 150th episode, not quite there. This is number 149 of Rams Up. And before we do anything, we got to talk a little bit about the world's most popular athlete at the moment, Damar Hamlin, the safety for the Buffalo Bills. It's really hard to talk about football right now after seeing that on Monday night. This is going to be one of those moments, I think, where you remember where you were when you saw that or heard about it. That's how impactful it was. That's how I feel about it anyways. That was very emotional, and it's really cool how everybody has responded. And a lot of it has to do with Mr. DeMar Hamlin seems to be a really cool guy, a great guy, has his priorities straight, intelligent, cares about other people, Obviously not happy to see that happen to anybody, but it's nice to see everybody getting behind him worldwide, really, supporting DeMar Hamlin and his recovery, and we hope that's what happens. He comes back 100%. I'm not worried about him playing football. We really shouldn't be concerned about that, just getting back to 100% health and being able to lead a normal life. That's what we're all hoping for, and I have to say... That was really cool how the Bengals handled it, going from, hey, we're going to smash you guys, this is a football game, let's get it on, to really showing concern for a fallen opponent. I don't know if you heard, but after they went to their locker rooms, Joe Burrow gathered up the team captains and walked over there to make sure the Bills players were okay. And then later on, asked if they were going to go out there and play, and they said, If the Bills aren't going out there, we're not going out there either. So shout out to the Cincinnati Bengals and their players and how they handled it. And that that includes the Bengals coach, Zach Taylor. And really just awesome how everybody has responded to this, supporting DeMar Hamlin and his family. And how about his toy drive? I think his goal was $2,500, now over $4 million. So there's going to be a lot of happy kids courtesy of DeMar Hamlin. I think we're going to see a lot of DeMar Hamlin jerseys in warm-ups this weekend. can guarantee you that. Guy's probably the most popular player on the planet right now, DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills. But the show must go on. Let's get to the trivial stuff, Ram stuff, snap counts of note last week. The entire offensive line that started, no one missed a snap. Ty Niseki, Matt Skura, Coleman, Shelton, Chandler, Brewer, and Rob Havenstein 
all out there for 100% of the snaps. Van Jefferson missed only three snaps. Tyler Higby missed only five. And Tutu Atwell, he is integrated into this offense. Sean McVay perhaps had no choice at this point. 84% of the snaps. Lance McCutcheon had six snaps, still looking for his first catch. That one on the sideline, hopefully next year, if he gets this opportunity, he'll be making catches like that. I feel like he was making those in the preseason. Real NFL action is a different beast. On defense, no real surprises except for Ernest Brown, 35 snaps. Greg Gaines, nursing a shoulder injury, perhaps limited to just 14 snaps. And I missed this. My apologies. Totally missed it. Marquise Copeland, he was back with 31 snaps. I thought he was done for the year, perhaps. And Darion Kendrick, zero snaps. The only three cornerbacks that played against the Chargers, Jalen Ramsey, Troy Hill, and Dakobe, or is it Kobe Durant? Pro football grades of note. The highest two players on the Rams were both on offense. Cam Akers, 81.6, Van Jefferson, 81.0. And on defense, the top three were Michael Hoyt, 73.2, Jalen Ramsey, 73.1. And a guy that could be an important Ram next year if he keeps this up, Jonah Williams, 68.5. And yes, Williams is under contract next year. Some random Ram notes here. The 28 Hall of Fame finalists announced Torrey Holt is in there. He's one of them. The final selections will be announced on February 9th, and I think Torrey makes it. Tyler Higby needs 13 yards for a $500,000 bonus. And I think the Rams are an organization that are going to try to help him get it. And that may be why he was getting a lot of targets recently, perhaps. Now, he rested on Wednesday this week. Again, they won, they won him to get his 13 yards for sure on Sunday. I think that's going to happen. Injury notes for this week, aside from the ones we all know about. I'm not going to run through those. Rob Havenstein nursing a knee injury, limited, but Nick Scott was full participation with a shoulder injury, and I meant to call out the Rams coaching staff at the end of the most recent podcast. He went out into the locker room with that shoulder injury, and in a game that we clearly had no shot at late in the game, he went back in and he left the field again. They should not have let Nick Scott re-enter the game. We have an entire segment dedicated to the Rams-Seahawks game, but before that, Got to remember, this is the Bobby Wagner game. Bobby Wagner returns to Seattle. Now, when Russell Wilson returned to Seattle, he was booed. That's not happening to Bobby Wagner. I'll bet my podcast on it. And this is a big game for the Seahawks. They need to win on Sunday afternoon and then hope Detroit wins Sunday night. And before we get to the Seahawks preview, wanted to mention my second video session on the NFL draft is coming out in the next day or two, what the Rams should do in the draft. About 20 minutes, I walk through the entire roster. Who's coming back? Who might not be? Prioritizing positions, where the Rams might go in the draft, what they should be looking for, what they will be looking for, hopefully. And there might be some surprises. As a matter of fact, I'm going to guarantee you're going to disagree with me. But by the time that video is over, Maybe I will have convinced you. So check that out on our YouTube channel. 
our handle on YouTube at LA Rams Up. We'll be back with our Ram Seahawk preview in a second. Time to preview this week 18 matchup. The Los Angeles Rams traveling to Seattle. The series record, Seahawks lead 26 wins, 24 losses. The Rams have won 10 of the last 15. And if this all sounds familiar, we just did this like a month ago, right? Last time they played, December 4th, Seahawks 27, Rams 23. That's the game I'm referring to. DK Metcalf scoring the game winner with 36 seconds left. This is a game the Rams should have won. John Wolford got the start in that game. Memorable games, and I love talking about this one. The 2017 game in Seattle, Rams 42, Seahawks 7. I can still hear it ringing in my ears just before halftime. Todd Gurley could go all the way. 152 yards and three TDs for Todd, and that stadium was emptying out at halftime. The 12th man very quickly became, I don't know what, the 10th man? They disappeared pretty quickly. And that was the game where Sean McVay uttered one of my favorite quotes ever, and I'm going to get this slightly wrong, I'm sure, talking to his team before the game. There's nothing left to say. We're ready. Let's effing go. Key players on offense, Geno Smith, the quarterback, and those two receivers that Always find a way to hurt us, T.J. Lockett and D.K. Metcalf, although they were pretty quiet last week against the Jets. Kenneth Walker III, the rookie running back, out for a while. He's back now against the Jets, against a good Jets defense. 23 rushes for 133 yards. That included a 60-yard run on defense. Jordan Brooks holding down the middle of that defense now. And those two rookie cornerbacks, Kobe Bryant and Tarek Woolen, will be dealing with them for the next five or six years, sorry to say. Ram Connections, they got Austin Blythe on that offensive line and two ex-Ram coaches, Shane Waldron, the offensive coordinator, and Andy Dickerson, the offensive line coach. Statistically, Seahawks don't have a lot to brag about on offense. They're middle of the road. Slightly better through the air than on the ground. The defense, sixth worst uh, if you're using yards per game. The third worst defense defending the run. 150 yards per game. The odds, Seattle by 6.5, sounds about right actually. They have something to play for, at least at game time they will. It may all be for not, depending on what happens Sunday night, Green Bay versus Detroit. The weather will be in the 40s. Rain will be likely at some point. Hey, it's Seattle in January, and that atmospheric river is still pounding through the northwest in California, so there will be rain, I'm sure. Team records, Seahawks come in 8-8. After beating the Rams on December 4th, they lost three straight. To the Panthers and 49ers at home and to the Chiefs on the road, that Panther loss may turn out to be extremely costly. They can't afford to lose to Carolina at home, right? But they got back on track, beating the Jets 23-6 at home last week. The Rams come in 5-11 after they demolished Denver 51-14, struggled last week against the Chargers. 
falling 31 to 10, shut out in the second half. Four keys to this game. Fearsome key number one, well, it's going to be wet. Most likely, this is a weak run defense. The Rams have been moving the ball on the ground very well. They need to pound the rock, run the ball, and run the ball some more. And I think they will. Fearsome key number two, red zone defense. Hasn't been as rock solid as it was earlier in the year. They need to force this Seattle offense to kick field goals. Here's some key number three. Baker's going to have to make some plays off schedule. Hopefully the Rams won't be getting behind the chains, running the ball successfully on first down and second down. But when they do, it'll be tough to make plays in the passing game, just dropping back and finding receivers. I think Baker's going to have to make some plays off schedule to help this team extend drives. And here's some key number four, again, getting back to the weather, expecting it to be a wet at some point during this game. Avoid the costly turnovers, preferably avoid turnovers altogether. That's a standard ask of any team going into a football game, especially so on the road at Seattle in January. My prediction, Rams 27, Seahawks 24. Both these teams are going to get into the end zone a couple of times at least. Seahawks defense susceptible against the run. The Rams defense struggled last week against a really good Charger offense. Saw some holes there. Saw some areas of concern. It's going to be a three or six point game, I think. Rams come out on top 27 to 24. The fans, the tradition, the glory. There's nothing more thrilling than college football. And it all comes down to the national championship game. My go-to for betting is DraftKings Sportsbook one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. And let's take a look at that championship game, TCU versus Georgia at SoFi Stadium. Georgia, the early 13-point favorites. I'll take Georgia to win straight up, but I like TCU in those 13 points with their great wide receiver, Quentin Johnson, getting into the end zone a couple of times. And don't forget, on DraftKings Sportsbook, everyone can combine multiple bets for big payouts with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. New customers bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Hey, let's get into our Rams Up Straight Up Game Picks. Last week was not bad for me. Ten correct, five wrong. Same as Pete Prisco, one better than Lorenzo Reyes. But Mike Florio had another good week, went 12-3. and three. Now, I got to thinking about this. You know, if I excluded Ram games from my picks... I would be right in the middle with these guys. Currently, I'm at just about 60% correct. Excluding the Rams, who I always pick, I'd be at 62.3%. So you know what I'm going to do next year? I'm going to do a couple of things. I'm not going to include Ram games in my straight-up picks. And I also may take a hard turn and do something completely different. Just pick three-game parlays each week. That would be a lot more fun and maybe a little more valuable. What games do I feel the strongest about? Now for week 18 picks, one of the more difficult weeks to pick, and 
six games are kind of pointless to even pick. Fairly meaningless, that's the Chiefs at the Raiders, Ravens at the Bengals, Texans at the Colts, Chargers at Broncos, Panthers at Saints, and Bucks at Falcons. I'm not even going to bother. These games are meaningless. Teams could be looking at backups. How motivated are these guys to get the W on the last weekend of the season? And how eager are these coaches to improve their record when the next significant thing on their schedule is the NFL draft? So as we pick these games, let's talk about the meaningfulness of each one. Titans at the Jags. The winner takes the AFC South, but if the Jags lose, they could still sneak into the playoffs. They'd need some help. They'd need the Pats, Steelers, and Dolphins to lose. But I'm taking the Jags in that game. Titans still without Ryan Tannehill. I think the Jags win pretty handily, I suspect. Browns at the Steelers. The Steelers can get in the playoffs if they win and the Dolphins and Patriots lose. So got three things going for them. They're the better team, they're at home, and they're playing for something. So I'm taking the Steelers in that one. The Patriots at the Bills. The Patriots beat the Bills. They're in the playoffs. They also get in if the Dolphins and Steelers both lose, but the Patriots do not want it to come to that. But the Bills, how much would they enjoy knocking the Patriots out of the playoffs, potentially anyways? But what's the mindset of the Bills going to be? That's a tough thing to call, tough thing to even talk about after what happened Monday night in Cincinnati. But I'm going to take the Bills. They're going to go out and win one for DeMar Hamlin. Jets at the Dolphins. The Dolphins are in if they win and the Bills win. And I think that's a very likely result. The Dolphins win this game at home against the Jets. Now, what about the NFC games that mean something? The Vikings at the Bears. The Vikings could end up the two or three seed. They need to win this game to have a shot at that two seed. Worrying about what happens with the 49ers. I'll take the Vikings, the most erratic good team in the league. Cardinals at the 49ers. 49ers could end up as a 1, 2, or 3 seed. They're not going to lose to the Cardinals at home. That's not going to happen. And the Cowboys at the Commanders. Game means nothing to the Commanders. The Cowboys will likely be the 5 seed, but there's a path for them to the number 1 seed, as hard as it is to believe that. They're going to go out and handle the Commanders. Rams at the Seahawks. The Seahawks are playing for something. They need to beat the Rams and have the Lions beat the Packers. That Lions-Packers game isn't until Sunday night, though. So Seahawks, as far as they're concerned, they need a win to keep their hopes alive. Rams play the Seahawks tough, though. Rams' running game has been hitting high gear. I'm going to take the Rams. Weather is probably going to be an issue at this one. And remember, next year, I wouldn't even be making this pick. No more picking Ram games for me. I'll include it in my predictions, but I'm not going to include it in my Rams up straight up picks because it's just not fair. Can't pick against them. And in seasons like this, it dings me really bad. Then we have the Giants at the Eagles. The Giants are locked in at number six. The Eagles need a win to keep that number one seed. Eagles will take this game If they lose, they could surrender that number one seed to the 49ers. They don't want that to happen. I'll take the Eagles. And then then that Sunday night game, Lions at the Packers. So if Seattle has already beaten the Rams, then the Lions are done. The Packers win, they're in. If the Lions win, 
the Seahawks are in. Now, if the Rams have beat the Seahawks, then the winner of that game is in. So that Sunday night game is going to have a lot on the line for two or possibly three teams, depending on what has already happened in that Rams-Seahawks game. So there's my Rams up straight up picks, picking the important games only. Hey, and another thing we're trying to set up for next year is I have a gentleman who has developed software that identifies prop picks and helps you select your players if you're into daily fantasy. He's been very successful. This software works and he has a lot of experience making these bets. And hopefully he'll be able to join us on our midweek podcast to help you identify prop picks and some players for your daily fantasy league. So look for that next year. We're trying to get that set up. It's looking good. By the time we get to week one next year, hope to have that in place. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of the YouTube Audio Library. Tracks featuring Bar Crawl by Track Tribe. Buckeye Banzai by Vans in Japan, and Crimson Fly by Hamahama. Hama.